your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Good afternoon, and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Wellness Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Wellness Community, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, an international nonprofit organization dedicated to providing support, education, and hope to people with cancer and their loved ones. Our services are offered at over 100 locations worldwide and online at www.thewellnesscommunity.org. We are really excited to bring you today's episode, which is the first of a three-part series that we're calling Navigating the Healthcare System When You or a Loved One Has Cancer. Today we're going to provide you with practical tips on what you can do to cope with the cost of cancer care. But before we begin, let's move to a segment we call Cancer in the News, which highlights the latest cancer headlines. I'm Bill Schaefer, and this is today's Cancer in the News. A recent study revealed that women with long-standing hypothyroidism, commonly referred to as an underactive thyroid, are at increased risk of liver cancer. By contrast, hypothyroidism is not significantly associated with this malignancy in men. Hypothyroidism is a condition in which the thyroid gland fails to produce enough thyroid hormone. The thyroid gland normally releases the hormones T3 and T4 that control metabolism and underproduction may affect all body functions. Risk factors for hypothyroidism include being older than 50 years of age, exposure of the neck to x-ray or radiation treatment, female gender, obesity, and thyroid surgery. Thyroid hormones are also known to be involved in lipid metabolism and fatty acid oxidation. However, whether thyroid disorders are associated with liver cancer has been unclear. To answer this question, researchers compared the occurrence and nature of thyroid disease in 420 patients with hepatocellular carcinoma, the most common type of liver cancer, and a group of 1,104 healthy individuals without hypothyroidism. After accounting for factors that could influence the patient's outcome, such as demographic factors, alcohol use, family history of cancer, and other possible confounders, researchers found that women who had hypothyroidism for longer than 10 years were 2.9 times more likely to develop liver cancer than those without thyroid disease. If the patients also had diabetes and chronic hepatitis virus infection, the odds ratios increased to 9.4 times and 31.2 times, respectively. Researchers concluded that further studies among different populations are warranted to confirm the association between hypothyroidism and liver cancer and to identify the underlying biological mechanisms and the genetic predisposition factors that may contribute to susceptibility to cancer development in the presence of thyroid disorders. We all know that cancer affects people's lives dramatically. There are treatment decisions to consider, changes in personal goals and priorities and overall adjustments uh, needed for what we at the wellness community like to call the new normal. Uh, Frankly, the list could go on and on. But what some people don't immediately realize is the financial strain that cancer can cause. We all know that the U.S. healthcare system has its fair share of problems and that the U.S. government is working to address this. But uh, what do you do if you're struggling with uh, bills and healthcare costs right now? 
Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, today's episode is the first of a special three-part series that will examine the critical financial issues cancer patients and their loved ones face when coping with the diagnosis. While the uh, information surrounding things such as health insurance and Medicare and Medicaid can be overwhelming, we're here to help you navigate through the endless maze of decisions so that you can be educated and feel empowered to lead the best possible life with cancer. Uh, Here at the wellness community, we are pleased to announce the upcoming release of our newest educational booklet, Frankly Speaking About Cancer, Coping with the Cost of Care. On today's show, we're going to provide you with some highlights from the book, which will be released at the end of June. We are joined by three wonderful guests who are here with us today to share their personal cancer experiences and practical tips you can use if you're currently faced with financial decisions around a cancer diagnosis. First, we have uh, Beverly Armstrong. Bev is a breast cancer patient and a participant at our wellness community of Greater Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky. Uh, Bev's been through quite a bit during her cancer experience uh, and is here with us today to share her story in hopes of helping our listeners. Welcome, Bev. Hi there. I'm flattered to be chosen to be on the program. Uh, next, we have Erin uh, Moratti, Chief Special Projects Officer at the Patient Advocate Foundation. Uh, the Patient Advocate Foundation is a national nonprofit organization that seeks to safeguard patients through effective mediation, assuring access to care, maintenance of employment, and preservation of financial stability. Uh, the Patient Advocate Foundation also partnered with the wellness community to develop our book, Coping with the Cost of Care. Thanks for being here, Erin. Thanks for the invite. And finally, we're joined by Ashley Varner, Senior Director of Caregiving at the Wellness Community. Uh, Ashley has a master's in social work and spearheaded the development of coping with the cost of care. So she's here today to share some of the valuable information you can find in this upcoming booklet. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Ashley. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, There's quite a bit to cover today, so I want to get started. Um, Bev, I'd like to start with you. Let's uh, let's go back um, uh, to to uh, hearing a little bit about your own cancer experience. When uh, were you diagnosed with breast cancer, and, and, and tell us about that uh, that time in your life? Well, as far as any cancer experience, I basically had none. Um, a good friend of mine had to have a mastectomy and consequent chemotherapy, but I remember feeling so badly for her. She had lost a breast, and I thought, there, but by the grace of God, go I. Uh, I hadn't had a mammogram in three years, and truthfully, cancer was the last thing on my mind. Yeah. You know, there's no cancer in my family. So in July of last year, they called me back for a repeat mammogram. It still didn't send up any red flags as this had happened before to me. And so I went back, and um, the radiologist showed me an irregular-shaped mass and put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, you really need to get this biopsied. Well, you could have knocked me down with a feather. You know, my actual diagnosis wasn't confirmed until August. Um, It wasn't as bad until after my surgery, and I think that's when I realized my life was going to change dramatically because of all the treatment that I would have to go through. But it was in August. Yeah, yeah, quite a a shocking experience, and we certainly hear that from a lot of folks, Beth. So not, uh, not an uncommon reaction, that's for sure. Um, uh, you know, Erin, we want to dive into some of the financial issues, and we, you know, we talk a lot on the show about what you should do when you're di- when you're diagnosed with cancer. You know, in terms of the medical piece, to get a second opinion, to keep all your medical records, and all of that. But from a financial perspective, what is the first thing someone should do when they receive a cancer diagnosis? When you're diagnosed with cancer, it's really important to educate yourself about your disease, ask a lot of questions, and let yourself. Um, let the closest individuals to you know of your recent diagnosis for the support and guidance that you're going to need through the process. 
should you run into any problematic areas or concerns around access to care or maintenance to your employment or preservation of your financial stability relative to the cancer diagnosis, Patient Advocate Foundation is here to help. We ask that you reach out to us. We're um, available on our website at patientadvocate.org. We also have a toll-free number, 800-532-5274. Patient Advocate Foundation feels it's very important to keep a journal of all the aspects of your treatment as you will most likely be seeing a multitude of doctors, social workers, as well as making many phone calls to advocacy groups or your insurer, hospitals, just to name some of the few. Uh, By documenting whom you're speaking with and when, along with a description of what you're discussing, you or your loved one is going to have a continuous record to look back on should you need some verification as you move forward. One of uh, Patient Advocate Foundation's partners, Lance Armstrong Foundation, does offer a wonderful uh, survival worksheet that you may download on their website, livestrong.org. These are invaluable, offering you ways to capture important information, such as maintaining a list of your medications, um, keeping records of practical and legal areas of your life, including insurance or finances and estate planning, as well as a complete record of your treatment and your medical history. By keeping documentation, it's just very beneficial for you not to uh, duplicate efforts, Um, when you're moving forward looking for the financial resources or the um, directions of assistance that you need. If you have a family member or a friend that is working on your behalf, they're able to uh, mimic what you've already established and move forward. That's really very helpful uh, guidance, Erin. And just for our listeners, if you didn't catch those websites and phone numbers, I will go over those slowly at the the end of our show today so you can jot those down uh, to get the information that you need. so, so Bev, tell us, tell us what you thought about financially when you were diagnosed with cancer. I mean, was that something that that uh, that came into your mind? And you know, w- what steps did you take to to you know act on any of those financial considerations? Well, honestly, when I was diagnosed, I just was extremely happy that I'd been able to pay my Cobra insurance plan after I had lost my job. But yeah. maybe it was a false sense of security just knowing I had insurance. But you are so overwhelmed with just the diagnosis itself, that you really don't have much time to think about the financial end of it. Maybe you should, but <laughs> you don't always. Yeah. And did, did at some point, did those issues become a reality for you? I mean, were there some uh, financial issues, uh, co-pays, out-of-pocket costs that, you, that started to, uh, you know, come in front of you that you hadn't maybe thought about or addressed? Yes, but I would say that was probably further down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, right. in the beginning, like I said, you're so overwhelmed with the disease and the diagnosis and what you need to know about the disease and yeah. all aspects of it that, that, truthfully, the financial end was the furthest thing at that point. At that point from your mind, which we hear folks say as well. Uh, Ashley, um, in your work at uh, the wellness community and the creation of this book, what do you think are some of the biggest hardships and frustrations that people face when dealing with, with, with finances uh, in the face of a cancer diagnosis? As I was developing this book and as the wellness community was working with uh, participants, we did a, we did a survey and, of a number in a, across the country, and we also have held uh, a focus group. And the first one is exactly what Beverly just said, um, that coping with the financial aspects of cancer care in the midst of everything else when you receive a cancer diagnosis can really be overwhelming. Folks are trying to figure out where to get second opinions, They're dealing often with some of the more existential issues that can arise when someone is facing cancer. um, They're often trying to figure out where to get child care or or how child care can can work out. Um, And 
And so in the midst of all of that, to be, to be trying to figure out how health insurance works and who to call at the health insurance company and what health insurance is going to cover, um, as well as how to cover the out-of-pocket costs. Um, as, as Beverly mentioned, um, sometimes not everything is covered by health insurance. In fact, usually not everything is covered. Usually there's some out-of-pocket costs. Um, people also talked in the focus group about how frustrating it could be to talk with the billing departments of hospitals and that mm-hmm. often it was very, very confusing um, and one, one didn't know what another one was doing, um, what one department might not know what another one was doing, and that they were learning a whole new language of financial reimbursement in the midst of also learning the language of cancer care and, uh, and oncology. Yeah. Um, quickly, Ashley, we've got just about a minute to break, but uh, there was uh, some news that came out this week about uh, the number of um, the number of people who fought for bankruptcy as a result of health care costs. Absolutely. Um, it was actually on Yahoo.com, so it is making it into the news. Uh, over 60% of uh, bankruptcies in the United States in this most recent study have some component of medical debt um, as a cause of the bankruptcy. And even those that was even with folks who have health insurance, right? Right. Seventy-five percent of the folks, uh, of those folks that declared bankruptcy because of medical debt had health insurance. Had health insurance, which is, I think, you know, an extraordinary statistic. More than 60 percent of people who are filing for bankruptcy in the U.S. are, are doing so because of some uh, some related health care costs, which is really a very compelling statistic. Um, this is frankly speaking about cancer. We're talking about the cost of cancer care uh, today. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health & Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle coworkers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. For more than 25 years, the wellness community has been the nation's leader in providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or or at one of our 26 centers in the U.S. and abroad, the wellness community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-WELL or visit us online at www.thewellnesscommunity.org. That's thewellnesscommunity.org. The Wellness Community, celebrating over 25 years of cancer support, education, and hope. It attacks the brain, and you might not know what hit you. It's a stroke, and it can cripple or kill you. If suddenly you're numb or weak on one side, limb, or face, it could be a stroke. Get help. There's no time to waste. It could even be a sudden, severe headache without cause. If you wait to get help, time lost is brain lost. Maybe it's a loved one slurring their speech or dizzy. Call 911 and get medical help quickly. There are even more symptoms that I did not mention. So call or hit the web for information and prevention. Blacks have a higher occurrence. Do you want to know more? Call 1-888-4-STROKE or visit www.strokeassociation.org. High blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity. All make the risk of a stroke more likely. But remember, if it happens, do not delay. Or disability might be the price you pay. A public service message brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. 
Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Wellness Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo, and in recognition of the Wellness Community's newest educational booklet, Frankly Speaking About Cancer, Coping with the Cost of Care, today's episode is the first of a special three-part series that will examine the critical issues cancer patients and their loved ones face when coping with a cancer diagnosis. Uh, we are here today with Erin uh, Moretti, who is the Chief Special Projects Officer at the Patient Advocate Foundation, Ashley Varner, who is the Senior Director of Caregiving at the Wellness Community, and Beverly Armstrong, a breast cancer patient and participant at our Wellness Community in Cincinnati. Um, Bev, I know you've, uh, you've been participating there for, for a while now at the Wellness Community in Cincinnati. How did you find out about the Wellness Community, and, and what, what programs have you uh, attended or found to be particularly helpful in, in coping with cancer? Well, I can't say enough about the wellness community. It's just been a godsend to me. I believe it was my initial consultation at the breast surgeon's office. In the waiting area, I think I picked up a calendar, and, and I have participated in many of the programs and speakers um, do you want some specifics? or? Yeah, sure. Tell us about okay. you know, any programs that you found helpful in terms of, you know, overall just sort of coping with the disease. Okay. Uh, well, I immediately joined the Breast Cancer Support Group, and I just can't tell you how much I've learned from the other women there. Um, they're in all phases of treatments, and the support group was not anything like some people might think. You, It's not just a big whiny group, you know. We have fun. We listen to each other. Um, sure, we cry, you know, but it's a safe place to do all that because everyone there is in the same boat, maybe not in the same stage of treatment, but I did learn a lot from them. Yeah. Um, I attended a cafe wellness today. Um, I specifically have enjoyed the Look Good, Feel Better class. I highly recommend that when you're in treatment. Uh, some informational speakers, I've heard about cancer treatment and the side effects, social security and disability, surviving the side effects of chemo. Uh, just this past Saturday, I attended a presentation on chemo brain, and it was so much more than just chemo brain. And then there was an elder law attorney who discussed every financial aspect of illness and aging, and I've just found everyone to be very informative. Wow, that's terrific. That that's really great uh, feedback. Um, it's good to have those resources out in the community. Erin, um, what other kinds of help or resources are out there for people who are dealing with the financial aspects of cancer care? And 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 where should people look for uh, information and, and ways to get their questions answered? Well, there's a there's a variety of resources that vary depending on their diagnosis, their need, and their location. Reaching out to local community action agencies or working with your social worker within your hospital and seeking out the assistance from charitable organizations such as churches or your local or national cancer foundations can offer direction and when available financial support. Patient Advocate Foundation's copay relief program is just one resource that currently provides direct financial support for pharmaceutical copayments to insured patients including Medicare Part D beneficiaries who are financially and medically qualified. Mm -hmm. 
So should you or a loved one have a need for pharmaceutical copayment assistance, um, we ask that you reach out to our copay relief program. Um, you can reach them by calling 866-512-3861 or by visiting their website, copays.org. Additionally, dealing with debt crisis can certainly have a devastating effect on your life. When you feel that there's nowhere else to turn, um, here at the Patient Advocate Foundation, we also provide you with lots of avenues in order to remedy the situation and get on with your life. Uh, the Patient Advocate Foundation senior navigators can help you um, navigate through the complex systems to ensure that you're aware and able to apply to all available programs to fit your needs. Some of the areas that um, are we're successful, we've been able to help locate pharmaceutical assistance, whether that be you're uninsured and you need uh, free or reduced medications, or maybe you're insured and having the copay needs. Often with an illness, there's such as cancer, you can experience large out-of-pocket costs also associated to the cost of living, such as you know housing, utility, transportation, and nutritional needs. Um, other areas that you might face while you're undergoing cancer treatment are the inability to work. Whether it's temporary or permanent, you should explore your disability benefits that you may have purchased individually, obtained through your work, or possibly you're going to qualify through the Social Security Administration uh, for ongoing financial stability. Each offers their own set of guidelines and qualifiers, but it's important to understand what benefits might be available to you. To close, um, Patient Advocate Foundation does also, also offer an online resource called our National Financial Resource Guide, a state-by-state -state directory that can also provide an, um, outlines of many of the resources available to you. Great. Fantastic, Erin. Thanks so much for that uh, overview. Really helpful. Um, Bev, tell us a little bit about your insurance situation when you were diagnosed. Were there unexpected expenses you had that weren't covered by your uh, insurance? Yes. Well, first of all, I had never had to pay for my own insurance through my, well, I was employed. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the cost of the COBRA plan, which was 460 a month, now seems cheap in yeah. retrospect. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of costs that are associated that people don't, you know, don't think about. Um, obviously, the copays and, you know, there's, there's just countless expenses that you might not think about. Um, for instance, just if you had to board your pet because you don't feel like taking care of anyone but yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, there's. fortunately I was able to have a, a daughter that was able to take off work to provide transportation, but so many people have to pay for transportation to and from the doctors, treatments, surgeries. It's just. It's a never-ending cycle, it seems. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I know the folks I tell us a lot of, really a lot of unexpected costs. Yeah, look, for instance, I would normally be out shoveling my own snow, but I wasn't up to it, and I had to shovel, pay someone to shovel yeah. just because I had to go out to it for a treatment. Yeah, You know, sure. a lot. Hey, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. You know, Ashley, is, uh, I've mentioned a lot of really, Unexpected expenses. Folks figure, you know, I have health insurance. I mean, mm -hmm. it's going to be fine. It's not going to be a problem. But um, we know that some expenses, including um, sometimes pre prescription costs or co you know, copays of prescriptions, can be uh, expensive. What kind of assistance is out there, Ashley, for uh, people, whether they are insured or not? Kim, that's a great question. There, there are actually a number of programs um, that are out there to provide assistance. Some are offered by non with specifically with prescription medications, although there are also programs now that uh, help uh, qualified individuals with COBRA, um, with their COBRA premiums, which um, can be invaluable. 
Um, some of the programs that are offered for prescription medications are offered by nonprofit organizations. Um, that, those include the copay relief program, which Aaron mentioned. Others are sponsored by the pharmaceutical companies themselves that, that manufacture a particular drug. And the different programs have different qualification criteria, and many of the companies will offer more than one program, so they may offer a program for Medicare Part D beneficiaries and a different program for the uninsured and even a different program yet for people who are having trouble affording their co-pays. Mm-hmm. And they're, um, they're based on the survey that we did as we were preparing this book, um, they seem to be a lot of people who might be eligible for assistance don't either don't know about the program or know about them and and have not applied. I think of the of the many folks who acknowledged that they had unexpected prescription costs as a result of their cancer care. Eighty four percent had not applied for any type of prescription copay or cost assistance, mm-hmm. which is is pretty remarkable. Yeah, um, absolutely. If people are looking, and uh, you can repeat this again at the end, perhaps, Kim, but if people are looking for a list of these pharmaceutical patient assistance programs, yeah. um, uh, a good comprehensive one can be found at the Partnership for Prescription Assistance, mm-hmm. which is www.pparx.org. Okay, say that again. www.pparx.org. Great. So, Ashley, I know at the end of the show we're also going to talk about how folks can either order a copy of this uh, book, Coping with the Cost of Your Care, or uh, we'll be able to get that online. But can you just talk a little bit more uh, about what folks can find in that, you know, in the book? So are they going to find, you know, lists of resources? Are they going to find information about private insurance, about Medicare? You know, what else are they going to find and what questions are they going to be able to get answered through this book? Well, in, at the beginning of the, at the top of the show, you mentioned that 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 these shows are really about how to navigate the world of cancer care, and and I would um, to to kind of follow along with that, I would say that this book really provides a roadmap and a one-stop shop, if you will, of um, questions to ask with regard to financial matters when when you're diagnosed, and it may be the patient, the person that's diagnosed may be asking these questions, or their caregiver may be the one that takes this on. Yeah. Um, things to consider, and potentially helpful resources for someone who is overwhelmed by the financial aspects of care. So the book really starts out with a chapter that talks with a number of different questions that are actually written out so that you can take it with you and ask those questions to try to get a handle on what the different costs of care are going to be in different areas. Because as, as Bev mentioned, there are costs in a, whole, in a whole variety of areas, from prescription medication costs, to co-pays, to COBRA, to child care, to pet care. Um, they're just a, a variety of different arenas. So the first thing is to just get the lay of the land and understand what's going to be expected. And then the book goes on and has a full chapter on health insurance concerns, including Medicare, Medicaid, and private insurance, information about COBRA, and guarantee issue plans or HIPAA plans, so how to keep health insurance, and also um, some information about how to find health insurance. Mm-hmm. It has a chapter on employment and the, the concerns that come with getting cancer treatment while, while employed, and I, I can't emphasize enough um, Aaron's uh, and the Patient Advocate Foundation's um, very sage advice to keep track of all conversations that you have along the way, and information about disability, both 
through um, employer-related policies or private policies and through Social Security disability. As we discussed, there's a chapter on prescription assistance. And then there's a chapter uh, on potential sources of income, such as um, reverse mortgages, um, loans from a 401K, if, if, if somebody's lucky enough to have a 401K, and just some, some other sort, potential sources of income if uh, health insurance and Social Security disability or other forms of disability are not enough. Yeah. And then finally, there's a very comprehensive list of financial resources, national financial resources. Um, so in short, it really is a roadmap that takes the mystery out of the financial part of cancer and helps people feel less alone and uh, more in control of, of this aspect of care. Excellent. Um, Bev, we're going to go to a break in, in, uh, uh, in just a minute, but as you kind of progress in your cancer experience, do you feel like you got a little, little wiser and a little bit smarter in managing some of these issues? <laughs> well, it sounds like that book is long overdue. <laughs> that sounds like a very valuable resource. Uh, will that be available through the wellness or? Yeah, it's going to be available through the wellness community, and we're going to talk at the end of the show about how folks can get it, and it's going to, uh, it's going to be available just a few days after this, uh, after this, uh, uh, after this show. So um, we will uh, make sure at the end of the show we give folks good information uh, and details about how they can access that booklet, and we're also going to be running some workshops uh, across the country for folks about how to manage the, uh, uh, the cost of cancer care. Uh, this is frankly speaking about cancer. Uh, we are going to uh, we're going to go to a quick break. We're talking today about coping with the cost of care. We know that uh, certainly a cancer diagnosis can be a traumatic and uh, overwhelming experience in and of itself. But um, uh, the, uh, the the conversation today is focusing on not only how to manage the disease, how to manage the emotional aspects of cancer, but also how to cope with the cost of care. We will be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Hello. Hi, Bill. Uh, this is George Dewey from up the street. Oh, hey, George. How you doing? Good, good. Say, I noticed you've been walking to work these days instead of driving, mm. and I uh, don't quite know how to say this, but, but, but what? But, but your butt, your buttocks, your butt. I think I found your butt on my front lawn. Have you recently lost it? As a matter of fact, I have, George. It's about time someone noticed. Well, it was kind of hard to miss, if you know what I mean. Anyways, would you like it back? Would I like it back? No, not really. So it's okay if I throw it out? Sure, that's fine. Take it easy, George. Small step number eight. Walk instead of driving whenever you can. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to help you become a healthier, well, you. Get started at www.smallstep.gov and take a small step to get healthy. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle coworkers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. For more than 25 years, the wellness community has been the nation's leader in providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or 
or at one of our 26 centers in the U.S. and abroad, the wellness community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-WELL or visit us online at www.thewellnesscommunity.org. That's thewellnesscommunity.org. The Wellness Community, celebrating over 25 years of cancer support, education, and hope. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Wellness Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today, we're here to help you navigate the maze of financial questions that often accompany a cancer diagnosis. I am joined by Ashley Varner, Senior Director of Caregiving at the Wellness Community, uh, Beverly Armstrong, a patient and participant at the Wellness Community of Greater Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, uh, and Aaron Moratti, who is a Chief Special Projects Officer at the Patient Advocate Foundation. Uh, Bev, you previously worked uh, in the insurance world, uh, as I understand it. Did, how did that help or not help you when you were dealing with your finances? Well, I wish I could say that it helped me a lot, but I primarily worked in personal lines such as home and auto insurance. But if there is one thing people that really need to understand, and this may sound terribly harsh, but the insurance companies are in business to make money. Yeah. They're not there to hold your hand. That's not their purpose to feel sorry about your financial problems. Um, if you don't understand your policy or your coverage, first start with a company, and if you're not getting what you need from the person you talk to, and by the way, the good advice is to write down names, numbers, dates, everything you can, write it down. Um, then, then go with a supervisor, and if you still need help, contact the Wellness Center or any cancer-related organization. There's help out there for the asking. Uh, it may require a little persistence, but help won't fall into your backyard. You have to be proactive about it. Yeah, I hear uh, you know consistent theme coming out from all of you, and that is you've got to keep a really good records about uh, your 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 conversations with folks who who you spoke to, when you spoke to them, what the outcome was. Um, really good records about all these uh, records about your financial issues, about these conversations, documenting uh, uh, these conversations. So that's a real theme. Also, this theme about really getting educated, getting empowered. That, as you say, Bev, no one's going to you know hand this to you on a silver platter. You've got to take control of your own care, uh, both the the uh, medical decisions and also these financial decisions and financial matters. And certainly at the wellness community, we want to help folks get educated and get empowered so that they can take control of these issues um, and not let these issues become overwhelming or, or debilitating. Um, uh, Aaron, uh, just on the insurance front for a minute, what are the biggest challenges when it comes to insurance coverage and cancer care? What do most people not know about that? There's actually two challenges. If you've got someone who's uninsured, they face the issues with the preexisting clause or someone that might be actually switching plans or going into a new employer. Um, they could be subject to uh, 
restrictions to being able to access insurance, full coverage, being placed on a pre-existing clause, or even unable to obtain insurance in general. Um, There are some states that offer high-risk insurance pools or guaranteed issue plans that are safety nets for those individuals. They might carry a larger premium, but it does allow the accessibility to insurance plans. Um, The other thing to keep in mind with uh, pre-existing clause is that there is a federal law, our Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, uh, HIPAA, that does protect with those with group health plans should you have a lapse no greater than 63 days between one group coverage to the next. Uh, This does um, allow the individuals to seek out other insurance or change employment, things of that nature, without being subject to a clause. Um, Should an individual be seeking insurance through a group employer who has had a a greater gap of time, the longest time that they're able to place a pre-existing condition on that individual will be 12 months. The The law doesn't apply to individual policies at this point, but it's something that's important for someone to understand. If you're insured, um, there are other challenges in just understanding the benefits that you carry. The uh, health insurance is getting more complicated. You may not always understand or grasp the details of the plan. Um, there are some things to consider when you're reviewing your language so you're not surprised by unexpected bills or coverage limitations. Be sure to read your plan language entirely, not just the plan summary. Um, that is often provided at the time of enrollment. The plan language would be a larger document where a summary is often just a few pages. Also understand if your plan has restrictions or requires prior authorization, possibly a primary care referral to a specialist. Maybe it requires you to use a particular hospital or provider. With cancer comes the need to see specialists, which can often associate with a larger copayment, out-of-pocket cost. Um, this is just necessary to understand what your plan what will it cover? Also understand the limitations or what won't it cover um, so you can be a little more um, planned when you are seeking out additional treatment. If you follow the guidelines of the plan, then you're most likely not going to experience any hardships that might become of associated to something, say, like an out-of-network treatment where you might be subject to a higher out-of-pocket uh, copay or a deductible or possibly non-covered benefit. So when the doctor's telling you you need the surgery or you need this chemotherapy, or before you go ahead with those kinds of decisions or procedures, should you be reading that plan or calling your health insurance company to make sure those things are covered? You really should look at your contract um, just to determine, for one, uh, if you're looking at the referral for a chemotherapy or a particular surgery, um, Sometimes you need to understand if your contract requires you to actually get prior authorization for that procedure, or maybe they require you to use a network facility. Um, That way, the doctors aren't always necessarily aware of what your contract limitations are, and they might be referring you within good terms to, um, you know, a specialist that they're aware of, but they may not understand that they don't accept your insurance. And so you could uh, ultimately be... um, paying a larger out-of-pocket cost when you could have went to a, a, an equivalent doctor that's in network. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, Bev, in, in, in navigating all of this, what would you say have been the most difficult aspects of, of, of dealing with the, with, with the cost of care? What, what, what have been the, the surprises? What have been the big, big challenges? Well, trying not to, um, <laughs> to dwell on the, the money aspect, but I was, as I mentioned, I was out of work at at the time. Um, just paying everyday bills and your mortgage is quite a challenge. Uh, I I hope most people know, but in case they don't, yeah. most any healthcare provider will work with you on payments. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even been offered a considerable discount if I paid in full. Wow. Uh, 
Um, but don't. Do not avoid going to the doctor or a treatment that you need to have done just because of wor- you're worried about what it'll cost you. Yeah. I mean, you have too much to think about just getting well. So, so communication is key. Right, exactly. Talking to the doctor, talking to the team at the office, expressing sure. what some of your personal issues are and trying to work, work things through. You've got to really... You've got to really talk this through with your healthcare team, with your insurance company. Um, uh, is that right, Bev? That's what I'm hearing. That communication piece is critical. There's no, there's no one size fits all. Right, and the doctors don't have a clue about what the billing department does. So, yeah. if you find someone in the billing department, that's where your key is. You know, talk to them. They'll work with you. They'll set up payment arrangements. Anything you can imagine that they've got an answer for. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Ashley, with the financial cost associated with care being such an important and, and frustrating process for people, I'm, j- I'm just, I'm astonished that we don't hear more about this topic. Even Beth's, Beth's comment, you know, this, this booklet that we have coming out is really, really long overdue. Why do you think we haven't heard more about this? Tim, I've really wondered about that myself. Uh, we are hearing more about it now. Um, obviously, we're putting out this book um, but it's, it's not a new problem. It has become worse with the state of the economy and with the rising cost of, of health care, yeah. but it's not a new problem. Um, the the um, article, uh, the researchers out of Harvard and Ohio State came out, came out with that information last week about uh, 60% of American bankruptcies being related to medical bills. Um, and in earlier this year, um, there was an article published, I think, in Health and Medicine that talks about over a million cancer survivors declining care due to the due to cost concerns. So, so it's certainly out there. As Bev mentioned, though, from a patient's perspective, cost is often not the first thought. Mm-hmm. And and even if it is, many folks have shared with me that they were afraid to bring it up. Some were worried that they would be denied care if they couldn't pay for it, mm-hmm. and so they were worried if they brought it up, they might find out they couldn't pay for it, and then they might be denied care or, or you know, or offered substandard care that was less costly. Mm-hmm. Uh, others um, shared with me that they did um, raise the issue with their physician, but as, as Bev so astutely mentioned, um, often it's not the physicians who, who, have the, who have the answers. It's often somebody in the, in the financial counseling office or the billing office. Um, and, and some physicians might even, um, uh, in good faith, assure folks that money won't be an issue. That's, you know, don't worry about that. Um, when, in fact, while that may have been the case many, many years ago, now it is something that people have to take into consideration. Um, and sometimes patients are just flat overwhelmed. There's so much going on, and there's this sense of hopelessness, especially as bills begin to pile up. Mm-hmm. Uh, individuals have shared with me that they felt their debt was, had become insurmountable, and uh, so there was really no reason to open the bill when it came in. They knew it was a bill or they were afraid it was a bill, and it was just too depressing to open it up, so they would just toss it in a box mm-hmm. unopened. Um, and, That's a good word, uh, what, <laughs> insurmountable. Yeah. Insurmountable. Um, what, we, what we know, though, um, and, and Bev, you alluded to this, I think, is that um, people who confront the financial concerns head-on seem to fare better financially and emotionally. Um, it, there, there are no magic bullets, but when the, when the bills go into a box and unopened, um, then, then you don't even know the playing field that you're on. Um, and I think it is true, 
while it's not true that every hospital will work out payment plans, I think many will. Um, but if if they call and they get no answer, um, then then they're left with with few alternatives other than to turn to turn the account over to collections, and then that gets into a whole another yeah. whole another arena. Yeah, challenging. Yeah. So I, you know, I, it seems to me that 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 idea about communication, be educated, communicate with the uh, with those who are there and in place to help you. Um, uh, really have that, uh, you know, have that open discussion. Uh, I know, Ashley, just quickly, we're about to go to break, but I know that uh, uh, also some folks have told us that they've actually sat down with a financial planner um, to help them work some of this through. Absolutely. We had a member of the focus group tell us how, how powerful it was to meet with a financial planner and just get the lay of the land. We had other folks who had, in fact, called the Patient Advocate Foundation and yeah. sorted through things with, um, with Aaron's group. Yeah. It's really powerful. Excellent. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Holistic health and well-being covers many facets, including stress, time management, weight loss, cardiovascular training, and aging. And that's just to name a few. Your life without limits will help to sort it all out for you. Join host Joe Sardi and the top minds in holistic health and well-being for an educational and entertaining hour. Listen for Your Life Without Limits. Heard every Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle coworkers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. For more than 25 years, the wellness community has been the nation's leader in providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at one of our 26 centers in the U.S. and abroad, the wellness community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-WELL or visit us online at www.thewellnesscommunity.org. That's thewellnesscommunity.org. The Wellness Community, celebrating over 25 years of cancer support, education, and hope. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Wellness Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We've been having a really informative uh, discussion with Aaron Moratti, uh, Chief Special Projects Officer at the Patient Advocates Foundation. Ashley Varner, Senior Director of Caregiving at the Wellness Community, and Bev Armstrong, a breast cancer patient and participant at our Wellness Community uh, there in uh, Greater Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky. Um, Bev, looking back, a little bit of a retrospective look, um, what do you wish you had known about uh, finances and cancer care that you know now, you know, that uh, Monday morning quarterbacking? (laughs) (laughs) Boy, that's a hard one. I guess... uh... 
if there's anything I need for people to know is that I always took my job and my health for granted. You know, I never had a clue that I would not only be out of a job, but that I could have a serious illness and subsequent treatments. Um, I couldn't even very well look for a job at that point. What was I going to say to my prospective employer? Oh, yeah, I'll need to be off for a week or so after my chemo treatments, and I'll look a lot different with a wig or a scarf on, and then I'll need to be off for the doctor's visits every other minute. So save your money for that rainy day because it may come a lot sooner than you expect. Yeah. You really need to have some cushion there. Cushion. Possibly yeah. stick some money away for it. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, in terms of the other aspects of just dealing with that cancer diagnosis, Bev, what, what advice would you give someone who's just been diagnosed with cancer? Just overall, not, not even just specific to the financial aspects, but in general in terms of uh, how you've managed the disease? Um, I'm the kind of person that's pretty much into details. So I request copies of every report, um, even blood work, not the CD that the, the test is on, but written copies. Um, start a personal log, especially if you're going through chemo, um, of how you felt, certain side effects that you're experiencing. Um, that way, when it's treatment number two, you can look back and say, oh, yeah, day six is when I was about 80%. Um, start an online journal. Yeah. It's private. Um, you know, you, I have one at caringbridge.org. Um, no spam, nothing like that. Yeah. There's just times when it's all you can do to muster the energy to write a quick journal entry, let alone answer the phone and go through it all with your loved ones and then you're on the phone with your loved ones and you get emotional and then you feel badly for upsetting them. So uh, last but not least, just try not to stress about the cost of your care. Um, no one that I know of has ever died as a result of a debt. You know, we need our energy to fight this disease. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. That's great advice. That's great advice. Um, Aaron, I know we've been a, a partner and a friend of the Patient Advocate Foundation for many years now. Um, and I know that uh, there are so many wonderful services that you um, provide to uh, uh, to cancer patients. Um, would you just would you just go through those again for us, Aaron? Um, if you could summarize for us the kinds of services that you all provide at the Patient Advocate Foundation for someone who's facing cancer. Aaron. All right. This um, Patient Advocate Foundation is a national nonprofit organization that provides assistance to those who are in need of access to care, preservation of employment, and stability of their financial uh, matters relative to their chronic or life-threatening illness. Some of the areas that we've uh, been very successful in are um, in helping individuals that are uninsured with their in access care issues. We've also provided assistance with health insurance denials, coding and billing errors through appeals. Um, We've pre-authorization request. We provided um, direction and education towards the areas of employment and um, the laws that exist, as well as with the debt crisis very broadened to the medical debt aspects, the copay needs, the cost of living. Um, we really try to scope out the areas that are available to them and the resources that exist and help them navigate those systems, whether it be through the Social Security Administration and enrolling them into a qualifying disability program or getting them enrolled into their employer-sponsored disability program or maybe working with an agency to make sure that their rent is paid the next month, um, working out payment plans with the utility carriers, um, 
and things of that nature. And so your services are available to any person with cancer? Yes, that is, and nationwide. Nationwide. Fantastic, mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, Ashley, I know the wellness community, we have this book coming out, frankly speaking, about cancer coping with the cost of care. I just want you to highlight again for those who are maybe joining us a little late in the show, what are the most important things that this book will provide for someone who is diagnosed with cancer and maybe overwhelmed with the financial aspects of care? What will they be able to get from this book and get from some of the workshops that the wellness community is going to be running across the country? I think that perhaps the most important thing that this book provides to folks is that it brings the whole issue of uh, coping with the cost of care out of the dark. It's not something that's often talked about, and many people do feel that they must be the only one that's struggling to pay for care. Um, so this this book kind of says um, just about everyone diagnosed with cancer in one way or another has unexpected costs that they didn't um, they didn't see coming and are trying to figure out how to manage. Um, in terms of concrete information, this book really is a roadmap uh, of questions that, that folks can ask to determine what the cost is going to be um, and get a, a better lay of the land. And then um, information about private health insurance, how to, how to file an insurance appeal, what different types of health insurance mean, like HMO, PPO, POS, the whole alphabet soup, um, Medicare and all the different versions of Medicare and Medicaid, as well as information about Social Security disability, employer-based disability, um, the Health Insurance Portability Act that that Aaron mentioned earlier, and guarantee issue plans in order to keep oneself insured, um, prescription assistance programs, uh, as well as other potential forms of income through reverse mortgages, 401Ks, um, some of the things that are talked about even less. Um, and how to how to how to vet a financial advisor to kind of help guide one through this process. Um, Ashley, I know we're going to be presenting. Uh, uh, not only will we have the book available, but presenting workshops across the country for uh, for folks. What what kind of things will people learn at the workshops? What kind of speakers uh, and experts will there be at these workshops? We are going to be able to offer this this as a workshop uh, across the country. We have twenty different facilities that have have are. are currently scheduling these workshops, and the the speakers will be financial advisors, attorneys who specialize in in this area, Um, uh, and in some cases social workers who are very familiar with the financial aspects of care, with Social Security disability, with um, health insurance and health insurance appeals, case managers. Um, and um, it will be a three-hour workshop where folks can come and ask their questions. Fantastic. And find out more information. So I know, um, Ashley, that the, the booklet will be available uh, online and also for people to uh, order at the end of, uh, at the end of June. The, the book is called Frankly Speaking About Cancer, Coping with the Cost of Care, um, and I know that uh, folks will be able to order a copy of the booklet free of charge uh, at 888-793-WELL, W-E-L-L, and they will also at that time be able to uh, download it uh, online at www.thewellnesscommunity.org. Uh, um, I imagine, Ashley, on that site there will also be a list of the, uh, of the workshops that will be running across the country. Absolutely. As soon as they're scheduled, we'll, as soon as all of them are scheduled, as soon as one gets scheduled, it goes up on the, on the website. And the program is launching when and where? 
The program will be launching on June 27th in San Francisco at, at, at our uh, location in San Francisco East Bay uh, from 8.30 to 12.30. So Saturday, June 27th, 8.30 to 12.30 at the Wellness Community uh, in the East Bay mm-hmm. there in, in the San Francisco area. Fantastic. We just have a minute or two to the end of the show. I want to see if you guys have any any uh, last-minute uh, thoughts or advice that you want to share with our listeners. This is an incredible topic. I know it's a, this is the first of three, a uh, series of three shows that we're going to be doing on Frankly Speaking About Cancer, talking about coping with the cost of care and the financial uh, aspects of uh, illness. So uh, I'm going to go quickly around to each of you and just ask you uh, a quick quick piece of advice for listeners on uh, how to cope with some of these issues. I'm going to start uh, with you, Erin, if I may. Sure. Um, I'm going to agree with Beverly as saying earlier, um, really discussion with your financial counselors um, or the individuals that are in charge of all the finances are the best advocates for you to discover if there's any charitable care, charity care options or, or payment plans available. And like she mentioned, uh, there are some sizable discounts that can be given if you are in the position to pay in full. So um, being proactive and trying to look at it as the time as you actually get the bills is, is more beneficial for you in the long run. Fantastic. Bev, quick tips. Bev, are you there? I'm going to go to you, Ashley. Any quick last-minute tips for folks who are listening? Yes, absolutely. Along the same lines as what Aaron had to share, I think I was I was really struck in the focus group and with the survey data that participants discussed how very rare it was for their treatment team to bring up the issue of cost. So I would really encourage folks to um, not wait for their physician or somebody on their treatment team to bring up the issue of of cost, because um, that may not happen, but to be willing to be the one to raise the issue. And if the first person that you ask doesn't have the answer to your question, find out who does, because yeah. they may not have it, but they'll know who does. Fantastic. Hey, guys, this has been a great discussion. I want to thank you for joining us. If you want to get in touch with the Patient Advocate Foundation, please visit their website at www.patientadvocate.org, or you can call them at 800 532 5274. Of course, you can reach us at the wellness community at www.thewellnesscommunity.org or call us at 888-793-WELL. That's W-E-L-L. Thanks for joining us today on Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at thewellnesscommunity.org. That's thewellnesscommunity.org.